and welcome to a Sunny 16 podcast extra. That's right, we're squeezing a little something else out into the feed this week because we wanted to have a catch up with a good friend of ours and let you know about something cool that's going on in the film photography community. It is with great delight that I welcome back after what feels like a just about right length of time to the podcast, Paul Mackay from Analog Wonderland. <laughs> Hello, hello. Paul, it's an absolute delight to have you back on here. Obviously, you and I haven't even spoken since we were last on TV together on Analog uh, Wonderland TV. I mean, after that, we just thought, no, we can't can't see each other anymore. <laughs> after spending a full day uh, together to shoot and develop in, what was it? We set ourselves the random, random deadline of an hour. Um, yeah, that was too much. That was, that, too much was that was a fun day that we spent doing that, wasn't it? I really enjoyed that. Um, that was back in lockdown one, the original. Oh, yeah, yeah, just before it all went completely nuts. Uh, the good old days. Ironically, you know, you being one of the last people I saw before it all went nuts, also <laughs> happened to be the last person I've got to see since it's all gone nuts this time. Because you and I got to meet up and go for a lovely stroll just before lockdown three. <laughs> <laughs> one of them yeah that's right we managed to slot it in you've already managed to develop and print your negatives i've got as far as sending them to duncan <laughs> which actually for me is pretty fast yeah I, it's unusual for me let's face it that's very unusual for me um it's been a year i think you've probably noticed but you've managed to keep trading throughout all of it and log wonderland has plugged along throughout the last 12 months of covid and brexit and everything else how was 2020 for you? Uh, not as expected, as we all know, but yeah, no, definitely. I mean, um, 100% I feel lucky that we could continue trading um, and all the challenges that I'm sure we're going we're gonna to spend a bit of time going through um, were taken in the context of the fact that we, we could still safely fulfil orders, we could still bring cash in, and I know that that is not true for a huge number of creatives and also um dark rooms and local shops like parallax Corp, west yorkshire cameras i know have been in and out in and out every two minutes so no we whenever i talk about how tough it is uh, I, I always do have the humility of knowing that at least um based purely on luck and the fact that our business model works a little bit for the safety in, in a pandemic which is not what you necessarily plan for but it's worked out that way and it does mean that we've been able to carry on doing some of the stuff we planned. We had to stop doing a lot of what we planned and we've come up with some new stuff and, and yeah, here we are. Yeah, because when we spoke back in the early part of the year and, and there are some of the things, as you said, have happened. Um, the film club, uh, you started your film club. Um, do you want to explain what that is? Because I'll do a terrible job of it. Oh, yeah. No, you're right, because it was, I remember, it was one of the last things we were sort of chatting about because um, I was trying to decide whether or not we'd do it it and the photography show at the same time mm. and your very wise advice was maybe you're biting off more than you can chew and as it turned out one of them still hasn't happened and one of them <laughs> I did six months late <laughs> so you were very wise and ahead of your time mm -hmm. I've often said that um yes the film club analog wonderbox and um, the 35 mil subscription service that we set up in September has now been running along um and it's one of those things that I, I, I spent quite a bit of time thinking about it before we we started because I didn't want it to be like um, something that's already out there. I mean, cool film clubs do a great job and have done for many years. Um, Tarrant, uh with his with his base premium and one twenty. And um, so we designed something. Had to wait until I designed something though and thought something through that would be that would be different enough and also that has the 
I don't know what the right word is, the, the, then I could be confident that I'd be able to then deliver some kind of uh, regular, reasonable quality content and, and back up what I was promising. So what I'm saying is, you know, the Wonder Wonderbox is for people who are looking to experiment, who have 35 mil cameras, who are looking to try out a, a range of films, looking to dip in and out and explore the vast range that is out there. Um, we want to make sure that not only were we sending out the films, um, but also then helping educate people a little bit at the start, but then also enabling people to try stuff out, share, um, and sort of grow the collective wisdom around some of those films at the same time. And obviously that's easier for some than the other. Frankly, you know, Ilford films, there's already a lot of wisdom out there and it's more a case of people trying it out for themselves and seeing how they get on. Uh, and then for some, like we did Washi D last week, very few sample photos are out there. Um, and now a lot of people are trying it, playing around with it, giving each other feedback, developing tips. And um, and then we have a competition that sort of wraps that up a little bit. So that was what we're trying to sort of get right, I think, before we went live. And it's been it's been really fun. It's been really fun. It's one of those sort of slow and steady, more people are joining every month. Um, obviously, you have people pausing, cancelling easily enough. But, but we have more people coming in than out, <laughs> which is always a good thing. And I can see that the... The conversations are developing as well, I think, as people really get into the swing of it. Um, especially people who have maybe only shot, I don't know, five, ten different roles before in their journey. This sort of feels like the right way to, to be handheld through the next group. Um, it's really fun. And also, I subscribed myself, first of all, to test out the sort of the software parts. It needed quite a lot of website coding. And I've just stayed in. <laughs> so I'm a paid member of my own subscription club, which I'm not sure is the most tax-efficient way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm getting those films but um but actually personally i have genuinely found it as a really lovely nudge to try stuff out and then when i'm doing the videos i'm saying you know, people say it's great contrast this i'm sat there being like i really want to know this for myself so mm. actually since we went live i think it's 90 percent of the film that i've shot personally as well so i'm I'm very excited. I've drawn the line that submitting to my own competition. <laughs> oh, that's very noble of you. <laughs> to be honest, you probably should. You'd, you'd lose. You'd be fine. <laughs> I, I would lose. I would lose. Have you seen the quality that's in it? Like, um, there's, there's <laughs> some unbelievable photos, and it's always very humbling. I mean, we've talked about this before, when you then, and someone's like, oh, wow, yeah, no, that was the third roll of film I've ever shot. And you're like, mm. oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, so you have a good grasp of exposure and, uh, and composition already. That's, that's fine. Uh, yeah. So no, it's been it's been really really fun. We've done a, a huge number of films already, but we've got enough in the store, I think, to go two years without having to repeat any. Um, that's great, and that's without any new ones coming in. So, yep, really enjoyable. The question that I get asked a lot is, "Are you thinking of doing one twenty? No, <laughs> <laughs> not at the moment. <laughs> I am barely keeping up <laughs> with myself as it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think doubling down and doing that sort of what we're trying to do. I think trying to do it as well as we can, which hopefully we are. Then um, then that's really the key thing. No, that sounds great. I think it's nice, as you said, even even when you're, um, so when people subscribe, they get, actually, talk about the nuts and bolts. So people subscribe to the Analog Wonder Box, what are they actually getting? Yeah, so they, they get a box of film um, with six films in it and some goodies. And the goodies vary um, over time. So everyone gets the same one in October, everyone gets the same one in November, etc. But the goodies sort of evolve over time. Um, we've had things like a discount code for Pixelator just before Christmas. Um, at the moment, we've got a really cool one. So there's a darkroom called SW Darkroom in London who has said you can have a free darkroom tutoring session. Obviously, with COVID, uh, that wouldn't happen now. So what they've said is it's valid for, I think, 
till the end of 2022. <laughs> so regardless of the pandemic, regardless of where you live in the world, frankly, if at any point in the next two and a half years, you have reason to swing past Southwest London, you can wander in and for three hours spend time either learning or if you already know how to, then using the facilities, hang out mm-hmm. with some folks. So it's things like that. So it's sort of a mix of supporting um, locations like that, like dark rooms and other people, and then also uh, people in the community who have products that, that they want to sort of share with. And obviously, hopefully, that's great value for people who, who get it as well. And there's also, you know, some more tangible goodies. We've had some Ilford pin badges. Um, we've had, oh, Rach did a lovely cyanotype, like special cyanotype style mm-hmm. little postcard in the very first one. Uh, and that's part of it as well, just mixing it up. So you, you get a box every two months. So that's not six films a month. So if you if you subscribe uh, in January, you'll get one in January, March, May, July. And I can't work months faster than that. <laughs> I, I'm really enjoying that this is on video because I get the impression that your calendar is one wall size because you're looking all around the place for this information. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dredging up from anywhere my brain still works from, which is remarkably low. Um, but then there's an overlap. So if you get if you subscribe in January, you get three films for January, three for February. If you subscribe in February, you'd get the same three in February, but you'd get the March ones a bit earlier. So mm-hmm. it's sort of almost two waves going out every month. But gotcha. it means that um, everyone's on the same page. And, and then when the videos are released on YouTube, the reviews and the tips and tricks every week, hopefully everyone has that film. Uh, in the in the box ready to go and then the competition runs every month rolling photo competition for, for subscribers with prizes at the end of each month so i'm currently in the midst of um we've just released the last january film video on our youtube which is street candy atm 400 which means that next week is competition week so i'm just currently uh, sorting out who's going to guest judge and um and when we're going to do that but no it's really fun and I, and I mean i know we we sort of did the analog television the one-off and then we kept it up every week for a bit, and then you dropped out as your as Sunny Sixteen added more streams and mm-hmm. episodes, and and we kept up weekly for a while. But it is it is pretty it's intense. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> I am in awe of anyone who can run a podcast like you've done that frequently for that long. Um, so once a month is a bit more manageable for me. Yeah, I think it's nice. I think the idea of the Wonderbox is is great because even i mean it's great to be exposed to films that you might not have come across before you just mentioned about street candy and stuff like that um but even the more well-known films like fp4 and hp5 if you're new to these things to have these water cooler moments where everybody in your little community there that you're building up is talking about the same film at the same time so if you're having problems if you're having you can look at what different results are getting and going, okay well i've got this you've got that why is it? you know and it's i think that's great because it's like things like the fp4 party uh, yes. that go on, on twitter you know it's great because everyone's shooting and using the same film at the same time and sharing results and there's quite a few things like that that go on online on twitter and this is just like that online thing and it's it's a fun thing to do I think um, the other thing is exactly that. Like, so you learn from people who have shot it before, and the people who have shot it before will often use the chance to try something out. So maybe mm. they'd, you know, maybe they'd push HP five to sixteen hundred, or maybe they'd shoot light painting on mm. FP four just for the hell of it, or they're developing a different way, um, because it's just sort of a that is then a great addition to a conversation. So yeah, people are trying it for the first time, shooting it almost in a straight, mm. and then people who are pushing it either literally or pushing the boundaries of what it can do. And, and what that leads is to a, a really, for one week, you sort of really get into, stuck into what a film can and can't do. Um, and then you, then you move on to the next one. Um, so for people who know what they like 
you know, <laughs> I keep making jokes with Neil Piper because he refuses to shoot colour film. Not good for him because <laughs> there's going to be colour film in there. Um, but for people who are at that point of just interested and in experimenting or overwhelmed maybe by the choice, this is a sort of a, a bit more of a guided, guided walkthrough. Mm. And again, it's one of the things like it, I really enjoy it personally and I think that makes a difference because it's fun to do it. It's lovely to be part of that community. I'm, I'm not the most knowledgeable person about developing times and ways of doing things. I'm not the most talented or, or experienced with film shoots. So I'm learning a huge amount as yeah. well as I go along, which I think is, is always a good sign. You mentioned that um, with the film club, you know, you've got enough in terms of variety of film and planned out for the next couple of years, uh, which brings me on to something I really want to ask about. Um, not just because of the pandemic but because of brexit because of weather issues uh, a lot of supply is being affected um across europe and the world in general how specifically is it affecting our little corner of the world how's it affecting film world both in terms of what you're getting in to sell and what you're able to get out at the moment yeah it's been probably in terms of sort of from a business point of view um the availability has been the biggest uh, challenge outside of just what goes on you know, in our building for the last year, for sure. Um, so there were some sort of sm smaller localised things. So Ilford, during first lockdown, shut their factory for three or four weeks, um, which obviously has a knock-on effect. Um, so in that first lockdown, a lot of factories around the world closed while people were still working out what was, what wasn't safe, what could be done. And that led to just an immediate overnight start of films. And um, when that lifted and as people worked out how to reduce shifts, how to put things in place, what does protect people? Um, I don't think anyone's running at 100% capacity because that requires people to be too close and that's just not safe. But, you know, Ilford haven't had problems since then, really. Um, other one, the, the ones that are really hurt is Kodak. So Kodak were hurt not only from what they could produce at the factory. They were also hurt by raw production. They were also hurt on the colour side by the fact that a lot of their films are run, um, their machines run movie film at the same time. And there's, again, I have no idea about the details, but I know enough to know that if Hollywood closes for a few months, which it did, um, those machines stop and that impacts still photography as well as movie. So that had a huge knock-on effect. Um, that we're still not through and even now like everyone i'm sure everyone listening would have noticed gold ultramax color plus out across europe for the last two months color plus i haven't seen that since what maybe early summer um so that that will continue unfortunately i think i'm sure andy has spoken before about how they're putting in place production things that kodak will i mean fed said production issues let's be clear for the last three months three years like portrait went off for three months that kind of stuff but they had they were putting plans in place and investing in plans that would improve it and that is still going on it's just that covid has stopped a lot of that happening and a lot of it, when we were meant to be seeing that benefit today back in the original plan that's not going to be seen probably for three to six months and mm -hmm. um, that being said by the time this goes out actually we are due uh, a huge amount of gold and maps but the second thing we've been contending with is Brexit. That was meant to arrive last Friday, and it's currently stuck um, at the border somewhere um, with no planned release date. And that's definitely been an issue in December, as well, first of all, we had the variant where we shut all our borders for the rest of the world for a bit. That was fun. Um, and then secondly, as Brexit prep 
started and then it moves into a real life Brexit. Um, the queues at the borders are real, the mm-hmm. charges are real, the issues are real, and also the uncertainty and the lack of information is real. Um, I, I mean, like I guess said on, I think it was an Instagram video or a blog post, I said, I, I tried, to, oh yeah, there's a blog post. So I sat on the last day of the year trying to read through all the sales VAT implications and, and, um, and charging tariffs stuff for the, for the next day. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to a lawyer who specializes in sales tax between the UK and EU. Fascinating. And I won't have a word said against them. Um, <laughs> uh, and I spoke to somebody at the bookkeepers, I don't know what they call it, the Guild of Bookkeepers, I'm going to call them. But something there, some, the, 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 basically the professional organization. And they had two different answers to the question, will we charge VAT to a France customer tomorrow? Which is interesting. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so we're sort of working that through. I, I'm anxious every time an international customer gets in touch with me to find out what's going on. At the moment, actually, it's not as bad as I thought. Timings don't seem to be too bad. No one seems to be hit with two big charges yet, but I've, mm-hmm. I, I'm seeing murmurings from other people in the community. So who the hell knows? I mean, I think the, the longer term picture is, and I said this in the blog post, the good thing is the trade deal mends no tariffs which is the big thing we're yeah. all worried about because that would have been 20%, 30% extra cost. Um, that's not happened. What is happened is um, basically customs duties do apply and processing charges apply for all the paperwork. So the cost of film in real terms is hit by somewhere between 3 and 8% probably, depending on the brand and where it's coming from, all of these kind of details that we just didn't have to worry about. Um, so there is some stuff there, but it's not on the catastrophic scale. It's more of the not ideal, but this isn't going to kill the industry. That's where that's sort of where my head's at. As I say, I might sit in two months' time and say, oh, my God, I was either naive or really pessimistic. This is totally worse, better, yeah. absolutely the same. But as I say, the, the bizarre thing, and this has never happened to me before, the bizarre thing at the moment is I'm phoning professionals for the professional advice, and they aren't able to answer questions about business that's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah, that can't be good. How, <laughs> um, I mean, I used to not know the answers to things that I should do. That's totally yeah, normal. that's standard to to, business. I'm used to be able to phone someone else who can. Yeah, yeah. It's worrying. Yeah, it'll it will clarity will come forward. It will happen. It's just we don't know yet whether that clarity is going to make us feel better or worse about it. Um, well, and also the other thing as well is, I mean, another positive note I've is this is again touching wood to make sure this isn't cursing it. This should be the worst situation at the moment where everyone's dealing with the immediacy yeah. of the thing. Hopefully, Kodak shipments won't always get delayed this badly. Or if they do, we'll know by how much and therefore we'll plan for it. So it won't actually, we'll just order a week early or two, whatever, you know. We'll be able to account for these things. Um, you know, also the fact that Colour Plus and Gold have been out for so long, Double Film, Revlog, a lot of these brands that rely on cheap Colour Film being available in Europe have had nothing for months and months that, yeah. that, with their missions empty so this is fingers crossed as bad as it gets and then hopefully all the positive things that the industry is doing and you know Kodak's investment will, will, will actually start to see the benefits of that and all these companies will start getting back up and running and dark rooms will be able to reopen and, and all of these things will will come back that's my that's my message of hope for the next nine months that would be nice. You mentioned about some of the smaller um, film producers. Uh, how have they been affected in terms, or I mean, obviously been affected in terms of the raw material that they need, which is getting hold of 
cheap color film for a lot of them um but how are the how is the supplies coming into you looking like at the moment um and not even just the small ones how's lamography doing how are people like uh foma doing you know all of those guys how how are the not the big two players doing mm. uh again really hard on a supply point of view so the the raw materials impact um for sure this hit lamography and also the problem with something like covid apart from all the other problems it has is it really exposes global supply chain because when you have raw materials flown from Asia, processed in America, cut here, blah, blah, blah. Any one flight is cancelled because a pilot has a cough. Mm -hmm. Brings the entire airport to a close for a day. Like, it, it's that kind of thing. And even now, on a much smaller scale, I mean, December was enough to give me uh, heart palpitations from the delivery point of view because that was, um, I've never seen like that before in my life. Um, and people who've worked in the industry for a lot longer than me have said they have never seen just UK deliveries, me shipping something across the county, never mind across the country, as bad as it was. Even coming out of that now, Christmas has passed um, and the volume that puts through is there. But now with the, with the COVID rates they are across the country, what we're seeing is the most parcels now are being delivered well within time, 95%. So Christmas rushes over, we're back to boom, boom, boom except one in 20 parcels is just stopping for three days at a time and then starting stopping. And what that is, is it's a sorting office that has a case or a suspected case shutting down entirely until tests can be processed and shifts can be reworked and mm -hmm. people can safely return. And while that happens, no one goes in the sorting office, no one moves a parcel, and that's physically a parcel that is just stopped. Yeah. And it is just stopped. Or, or a, a postman at a local post office, similar thing, and every round is cancelled yeah. for that area. So a part of London just won't have deliveries for three days. But all those kind of things that, again, you just, it just adds up to, to a, really, a really tough time. And, and again, I know, thank God, like our business is not critical for people's lives or, or mental health necessarily in, in, a, in a way as so many are. So mm -hmm. it's, it's just film. And that's been our motto for when a lot of these things have happened. Um, but it, unfortunately, it does add to frustration and anxiety for people. Um, and this thing happens. So we're just trying to trying to keep people communicated and updated as much as possible and be honest when we can help and honest when we can't. And even if that means taking a bullet, yeah. <laughs> then that's it. Because again, lots of people have a lot of stuff going on. And if they're upset about not getting the portrait in time, I, I totally understand. Yeah, like, no, it's, it can be sometimes the straw that breaks the camel's back. We're gonna, exactly. We'll move on in just a second to the actual reason you're here. But before we do, seeing as you mentioned the subject of raw materials, it seems remiss. Not to just very quickly ask you, um, uh, many listeners may have seen on social media, or they may not have, in which case I've got some great news, everyone. We've got uh, another film cancellation, um, <laughs> another film being stopped. You'll never guess who it is that's doing it. <laughs> oh, you guessed Fuji. You were right. Well done. <laughs> who had Fuji in that draw? Um, so Fuji have just announced that they're discontinuing um, Pro 400H. Uh, which is a colour negative film. That's right, isn't it, Paul? It's colour negative. Mm. And, um, and the reason that they've given is that they just can't feasibly get hold of the raw materials they need to in an economic way, blah, 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 whatever the reason is. It's being discontinued. Um, as is always the case with these things, uh, now people are suddenly thinking, wow, Pro 400, maybe they've been shooting it for a while, maybe they haven't shot it at all before. Um <laughs> <laughs> what are your stocks of Pro 400 like, Paul? Uh, gone. Gone, <laughs> oh. gone, gone. I mean, the beautiful thing about Fuji is not only do they cancel things, it's that they definitely 
don't tell retail partners or distributor partners in advance. Yeah. I mean, so someone pinged me and said, Paul, were you shocked by this on social media? And I said, by the fact of it, no. It, it, it is always surprising when you get told after the fact, almost. Um, because it just means that you can't do anything. And I know I know there's limited things because when they've stopped making it, they'll have stopped making it months, months, if not mm-hmm. years before. And, and at that point, it's, there's only a limited amount anyway. Um, so as long as the right people have, the people who are going to shoot it get or store it in their fridge are going to get it, then it doesn't matter who it goes by in the grand scheme of things. But it's just more frustrating because you go from saying to people, yeah, yeah, no, we're out of stock at the moment, but I'm, you know, we've got back yeah. orders to, yes, you're never getting that ever again in your life, unless you want to pay a million pounds on eBay, which um, I do. saw somebody who was, somebody, somebody actually really, and this is when the film community really comes to life. Someone was um, very kindly offering uh, their last roll of Pro 400 in return for a Leica M6, um, which I thought was very generous. So <laughs> uh, yeah. there's some great deals to be had out there at the moment. I don't know how many of them are serious. Do you think Fuji did say that they thought they had enough supply in the chain to keep things going through until I can't remember what they said, end of the year. Mm. So, do you, is it your understanding that when they say that they mean out in the world, or is there still a likelihood you might get more deliveries from them? Uh, out in the world, out in the world. So right. they, they, yeah, exactly. And uh, spoiler alert: there's more coming, and you can see that from what they start to discontinue. So they've stopped doing things like the rarer um, size and formats of Bellevue Fifty. So within the next few years, there will be a shock announcement that they're not doing it in 35 mm-hmm. anymore. And, and I would love to be proven wrong, but that's just the pattern. Yeah. What seems to happen is that they stop making emulsion. They think they have enough stock to, to satisfy demand for a certain amount of time. They sell it out faster than they expected. For them, it's good news because not only do they have more sales in the year, they, can, they don't have the inventory to hold over. Mm-hmm. The cash is released. From a corporation point of view, this is fantastic. Um, Obviously, as people who actually use the bully things, we see it slightly differently. But but if anyone's surprised by this from Fuji, then um, they must be new to film because this is the pattern of the last however many years now. Yeah. Um, and the only good thing, well, it's not really the same thing at all. Frankly, irrelevant to that is all the other people who are doing a lot more for us. Yeah. Um, and the amount of energy, cash, space in the warehouse, we're going to hold to Fuji. Well, we know we'll go down year on year, but that that doesn't mean that's true for the rest of them. In fact, no. it's the opposite. So Absolutely. onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards, yeah. I've come. I've got this theory that the raw ingredient that they need for this mysterious fourth layer is um, optimism, and they've just not been able to get hold of any in the last few years, so that's why it's all going away. <laughs> it's, right. it's the souls of film photographers. <laughs> they feed off it. No, and in, and in fairness, I haven't taken it off the website yet because it might be that a distributor gets in touch and says there's some. Yeah. Now, if that price is 300 times more, yeah. I'm going to say no. no. But I'm holding out hope that there is enough swimming round that some may come away. But honestly, I, I, I wouldn't bet on it, frankly. No. Um, again, it's it's typical that you already sent supplies a load before it's officially out, and by which point it's too late yeah. <laughs> to yeah. do anything. So, um, I think it's safe to yeah. say that if you, unless you are in the middle of a, project or a commission or something where you're using pro 400 and you really need consistency to keep going don't don't pay over the odds to just get hold of some now to shoot it just don't just let it go Mm -hmm. there are other lovely color films in the market and yes this was a really nice color film and a lot of people really loved it for certain uses um but i've never shot it um 
I've probably got a roll of very expired stuff somewhere. <laughs> probably like, yeah. 50, but you know, I lived okay without it this far. I'll continue to live okay. It's a shame. And I think but... exactly, and I think the the wider context as well is there are some films that when they start to discontinued, from a business point of view, Mary and I are like, ouch. You know, there's the personal. Do I like the film mm-hmm. to shoot with? And then there's that. This isn't one of those. No, this isn't one of those. Like industrial hurt. Industrial hurt. Um, by the way, industrial's gone. If anyone's still waiting out for that, <laughs> <laughs> again, they're on the website to say, hold out hope that some will appear. Yeah. Um, but uh, that, that's the same pattern. Uh, price rises going up. You know, we, when we launched, I remember putting industrial on, I think, for £5 a roll. Mm-hmm. By the time we got our last batch, we could only sell it at £10 to make any profit at all. Yeah. And then, then it was just gone. And then a press release. So, um, but when that went, that, that really hurt because I really enjoyed it. And also a lot of people bought it and shot it honestly pro 400 just yeah yeah it's, 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 niche. It's, I, I know i know it will have its fans don't get me wrong and if that is you then i i'm, I'm truly gutted for you but um from a business point of view this is not if porcher stopped this is not yeah tri x died this is not of that scale this is not even pan f like this is you know there are there are niche products there are niche products by other brands that outweigh it in terms of how much it seems to actually use so anyway yeah Absolutely. Well, let's move on from that slightly depressing thing to the far more cheerful and good news, which is the whole reason you're here. We probably should have got to this sooner, but, you know, there's a lot of catching up to do. Um, tell us about the new initiative that you're doing through Analog Wonderland. I'm not even going to try and remember what it's called because it had too many syllables and I'll get confused. Well, actually, it's funny because it did launch the same day and it was not at all planned. Um, but it did... It, it, I think it posed hopefully a bit of a, a yin to the yang of, uh, of Pro 400. So the UK Film Photography Community Fund, it's, uh, on the one hand, it's a new initiative. On the other hand, it's been in progress since early summer, which is when I started actually taking people's money. Um, <laughs> it's, it's taken me this time to get the details right. And again, hopefully when you listen to me, you'll understand that. Um, and that money hasn't disappeared, just to be clear. No, so this is something that um, I think it was early summer, our web provider uh, added a feature that allowed you to basically add a tip at checkout. Now, this was designed predominantly, I think, for people who use the platform to um, run takeaways in restaurants who were seeing the COVID impact and mm-hmm. still needed, especially in America, um, tips being part of the wage packet, effectively. Um, desperate for that discretionary income to be applied. And, and me and Mary were like, well, that's not relevant. And then we had a random chat, probably over a beer, um, that... It didn't have to be a tip for Analog Wonderland or our employees. Again, we, we know we're very lucky to still be open and still have things coming through the door. So um, rather than it being for that, we, but we could take it as a discretionary thing that we would put towards the future of film photography is what we sort of had in our heads. And that was as vague as it was at the start. And, um, and bless them, people trusted us enough or tipped their own box um, <laughs> and started putting, you know, 20p, 50p a pound mm-hmm. here and there. Um, totally discretionary it's at checkout um, i think if you pay by paypal it totally skips it anyway so but over time um that that part obviously grew and we held it separate within our financials um and then in december i think actually it was sandeep who nudged me to say so what are you doing with this and i was like oh yeah definitely we looked at it and it had two thousand pounds in it which is uh amazing and to be clear that is absolutely from the film community with purely the very vague promise that Mary and I would put towards the future of film. So massive props to everyone who did that. 
because what it did is it gave us the confidence to say, look, this is a decent amount of money. So initially where we thought we could just flow this towards, you know, people uh, on, a, on a very small scale, this is enough money that this could make a real difference. And we know, we've talked about it on the show, you guys have guests every week who do amazing things for the community that requires money to start. And those things have only got tougher. Incomes have got much stricter. Um, you're not going to get a bank loan for something this, this, uh, this speculative at this point. Um, but also the, the amount of money isn't typically hundreds of thousands of pounds. You know, the people that you have on who create products, who create new darkroom spaces or courses, um, often it's a, it's a few hundred quid, but ones that they have to, you know, really, really hunt for. So we thought, well, maybe this money could go then towards that. Now we did put 500 pounds into charity to reflect the, uh, the very tough year that was had went towards charities for to help young people, uh, mental health, physical health, and career prospects. We thought it was the right thing to do. Um, just more people in the community who are healthy and alive. <laughs> it's for benefit film in the, in the, in the grand scheme and also everyone's lives. Um, but then that's £1,500 remaining that will go purely towards film photography projects. And what we've said, and that's now open. So if you go on our website, uh, any page, there's a head at the top that gives you all the details. Uh, I'm not going to go line by line, but I think um, I would love to spend a little bit of time on it just because uh, I really want lots of people to understand it and to apply for it. And if you're sat there thinking this isn't for me or my idea, then I'd say, yes, it is, because I know there's only 16 listeners and I know the ideas and the projects that they have. And I've often sat on for years without the time or whether to do it. This is, this is the time. So the, the, the goal is every six months, this is the January window and then we'll do it again in July if everything goes well you submit a proposal um, for a project now this could be something that's already in the works and needs an injection of cash to get it to the next level or you've started playing with it but it needs something to start it or it's just an idea at the moment um, but this would make a real difference to its prospects and the examples I see on the website are things like you know if you are in um, because the sorry the purpose is to to create projects to kickstart projects that would benefit UK film photographers. That could be, um, I live in um, a small town in Oxfordshire that has tens of thousands of people, but no dark room. I know there's lots of film photographers who would learn more, enjoy it, teach each other, uh, become more proficient film photographers and continue to spread the word. But I need £100 for websites, £200 for chemicals and papers, um, and... Um, I don't know, £200 for room rental for six months after COVID. Brilliant. That's exactly the project because that will then have overtime membership fees that will hopefully keep it going and onwards and onwards. But at that start, you don't have any of that. Let's get that going. Or if you have a Kickstarter idea. Now, we're not going to fund the Kickstarter. That's, that's crowdfunding. That's totally separate. But again, you're listening to enough inventors who then face the sunk costs of professionally created logo. Again, maybe a website uh, £200 for raw materials for making a prototype in your garage to put in your video, a professional video perhaps, to, to really sell it. All these things have costs and either you can do them yourselves um, or you have to pay up front with no guarantee. But if that's a product that doesn't exist today and will help film photographers in the UK and around the world, again, that's something we'd love to, to see. Um, what's another example? Uh, online courses. So, you know, I know a couple of people who are trying to whose businesses were in teaching film photography person to person, not possible at the moment. They want to try and take it online in a way that isn't available today um, and sell it. And hopefully there is a financial 
you know business model behind it but they need the upfront costs of props or lighting or whatever to get things going again that's something that we will all benefit from and um, so that's it really so the application form is is online um it's not intimidating and if you are intimidated just just text me call the office speak to me because either i'll be able to help or there's also some people hamish is one of them um who volunteered to help people through it if they need you know someone experienced at starting businesses or projects um this isn't designed to be intimidating this is hopefully just to capture the great ideas and to ask people what do you need and what are you trying to do and the criteria will, will judge it on and award the money is um will this benefit uk film photographers in a way that isn't done today um and if if we're lucky enough to get lots and lots of ideas then we'll sort of have to make some kind of priority call to make sure it's balanced across locations and so it's not all in central london or edinburgh or somewhere you know balance across locations balance across the kind of people it's trying to help um but if all goes if that happens then we'll be running it again in six months time with another pot of money but maybe two thousand maybe less maybe more you know that's totally up to the community to decide um but that's that's sort of the idea because what hopefully happens is this starts a business or a project that may or may not work but is worth a try mm-hmm. but then leads to both a benefit for us but also something that will sustain and, and hopefully that you'll be interviewing them in six months time as they as they become a self-made millionaire off the back of a light meter i don't know i'm making that up <laughs> well, <laughs> what's I mean, the best millionaire idea i mean it's a good idea um okay so questions um mm. this fund isn't for people who are looking for funding to get personal projects going is it it's not for that kind no. of project no, sadly not. And that was one of the questions we had to think through was um, uh, that's obviously definitely something that uh, I'd love to just generally support. But but with this money, this is for the future film photography. And I think, therefore, we need to do it for projects that again benefit everyone. And I know there is a tangible benefit to if I've done a really beautiful project using a rare film or in a different way, hopefully it inspires others, etc. But that's a little less tangible than some of the ideas that I know are floating around. Um, and again, who knows, maybe in maybe in 10 years' time, this fund will have grown so big or the number of projects will have dried up and therefore it can evolve to that and, and it can become slightly less tangible and more inspiration. But at the moment, we are looking for, you know, cold, hard business ideas, um, but ones that will benefit people and ones that will give people a start that they might not otherwise have had yeah. in the community and in the industry. Um, and, and also for that, we've put a minimum proposal amount of £250. Yeah. Um, to ensure that it's significant but again that means that you can bid for more so we know that in this round we'll be supporting between one and six projects um you um so you mentioned a couple of times about the business ideas so obviously one it's absolutely fine for people who are looking to make money from something long term you're not just looking for people who are looking to do things charitably you're looking for people who are have an idea for whether it's a product or a service or something they want to monetize um but also you did mention about things like community darkroom so if you aren't necessarily a business but you're looking to help people that is also an area where people could look for funding oh yeah and i don't mean business as in um profit making business self-sustaining um, though exactly yeah self, exactly self-sustaining so um a one-off project cost that would you know get a dark room going for a week a pop-up dark room for a week and then disappear funding gray in his shed for a week you know that kind of thing that would uh, be great exactly it would be hard to sustain to benefit the community for a longer period of time was mm. <laughs> mm. you say I'm that wait till you've read my I thing saw, i saw no benefit 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got scars to prove it. Um, it was the bull whip that really did for me. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not even a joke. There's a bull whip. Um, so yeah, so it's less about those one-offs and more about something that can sustain. So yeah, community darkroom is a sort of business in the sense that membership fees will fund its future. It might be run by a committee and no one takes mm-hmm. a salary home, but but it's still something that will be sustaining and educational and and uh, help a lot of people, hopefully. Um, that's kind of thing. I mean, the other thing to say is that we, we I sell these details and we've worked really hard to try and get as much clear as possible. I also know for a fact that someone will submit a proposal that doesn't quite fit everything mm-hmm. perfectly, but we just go, yes, this should happen for the future film photography. So we're going to be very clear on what we're trying to do. And if we run into any ethical conundrums, again, we've got enough people who have done this kind of thing before that can pull on uh, a wide range of people um, who, have, who have started businesses or community projects that I can, I can lean on to help me work through anything that's going to be a conundrum. And, and as I say, my, my, what I really hope for is the conundrum of there are 30 brilliant projects that all deserve money. And, and if that happens, then I think what I'll do is we'll have to find some way of ranking them. There may also be ones that, frankly, we can help direct to other sources of funding, like whether that is actually, you know what, this is a good enough idea that with a bit of help you can put it on Kickstarter straight away. And again, there are people in the community who are happy to volunteer their time and expertise to do that. Or maybe it's a straight up, look, from the fund there's not enough, but actually this is such a good idea that Analog Wonderland could sponsor it as, as a more traditional marketing sponsorship mm-hmm. exercise, or or maybe again, like someone else could do it, or it could be a partnership with Pixar. You know, there are other ways that these projects can get out. And so by collecting it all together into one, some will be funded directly. And again, this isn't a marketing exercise. I mean, someone submitted a proposal last week, but um, a couple of days ago, where they said they needed to film. And in the part where it's like, can you provide the quotes? They'd um, done a screenshot of, <laughs> of who was it? It was, oh, Mr. Cad's website with the film prices. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fair enough. I mean, if, if, you, if, if you have a relationship with Mr. Cad, you want to buy it now. Like, this isn't mm-hmm. an analog one done, like, yeah. pushing yet. So, I mean, if you want to credit the fund at the end of it, if it's successful, to let people know where you find it. Also, if not, the point is to get this out because it's going to benefit everyone, like, in the long term. This isn't a short-term thing. But there may also be, you know, there's other things. And... And that's the part I just don't know. But hopefully, as I say, people hearing this who've had a random idea knocking around their head but never had the confidence or funding or both to go for it, frankly, filling the application form, I will read every single one. I will reply to every single one. Um, and even if that's a no, then I will always try and say, but this is, this is you know, either just reapply in six months, it's brilliant, but there were too many, or... Um, actually there's another way that this could happen for you mm-hmm. let, let me try and work out how as a group we can do it that's sort of the goal and again the, the fact that we sort of launched it then on the day that fuji randomly pulled one of their films i think is, is quite a nice thing because this is then the flip side the last two years we know the number of fuji films has gone down but the number of total films has gone up yeah. because of everyone else's work so let's just you know lean into that and yeah. um and, and try and provide a framework that every six months gives gives it a little little boost yeah, no, absolutely. So, as you said, on every page in Analog Wonder at the moment, you've got banners up there showing people where to go if they are interested in applying. And um, obviously, as people are going through and if they're buying stuff from you and they're checking out, uh, unless they're using PayPal, apparently, um, then you will see the op- option there to leave a tip if you would like to contribute towards this for future things. Um, 
Will, is there any plan or any system in place? I know you mentioned about potentially with some things that don't fit within this, you know, Analog Wonderland might think about doing a sponsorship thing or something like that. I mean, is there any plan at the moment? Will Analog Wonderland be contributing towards this fund as such at the moment itself? No, I, th- I, th- I think trying to keep it as clean as possible, mm-hmm. I think, is clear. Um, and, you know, frankly, we wrestled even with the idea of, of, of having a charity donation from it. But mm-hmm. I think with the year that we've just had and with the fact that this is disproportionately affected, creatives and young people those charities and the only contributed to us on the website it feels absolutely right but aside from that i do want to try and keep it as clean as possible and um, you know we we do a lot of more traditional as i say sponsorship deals with uh, small projects and things all the time you'll know you'll know we've done it because i'll then plaster my logo everywhere um but and that will often be you know uh, the funding for this and it's a business more of a business thing yeah whereas this as i say is is there is no benefit i'm not planning any benefit to another one like here this is just a, a means of um and ultimately it has to funnel through our the finances because setting up a charity would be oh my god so much work but it has to funnel through us but it ultimately I, I don't really want it to be about us at all mm-hmm. um uh, the, the biggest success will be, as I say, in six months' time, if you're interviewing people on 2016 because they've, they've, their project has come to fruition and is now you know, looking to grow from a steady base, then, oh, my God, success. Yeah. Um, and if you want to say it then, then, okay, maybe the business benefits <laughs> those film photographers in the future might come back and buy it. But it, it is that, that the purpose really is growing that, that community. And as somebody who benefited from, not from a fund, sadly, but from... from People who are very welcoming and knowledgeable and guided me a lot three years ago. Um, it would also be lovely, I think, to feel like I'm contributing that forward because three years it feels now like I'm a one land is definitely past that plucky little um, random person. Mm-hmm. Um, do never complacent, but you definitely feel a bit more established. And I think definitely now is the time to blend our experience plus the money from the community. Um, back towards people for whom it'll make a real difference yeah that sounds great that sounds really cool i hope you get a lot of people applying and um, if you've heard this and you don't think it's for you but maybe you know somebody who it is for then pass that information on as Mm -hmm. paul said there's a lot of people out there who have good ideas or maybe they have bad ideas but you know they have ideas and (laughs) sometimes getting those ideas out there and having somebody go this is a really good idea but um it won't work because of xyz because this is the thing it's not just about the money as paul has mentioned there are people out there including himself and hamish who have uh, expertise and experience with things that might be able to offer more than just the financial side with this which is hugely valuable so um yes do make use of this do get in touch what's it called again paul the UK Film Photography Community Fund. Actually, one thing that's worth mentioning is that um, M and uh, a couple of the guys uh, in Asia had have a running on Twitter at FilmCF. I think it's Film Community Fund. Yeah. Um, which has has contributed significantly to some projects, including yeah. um, uh, Inch and Down. Um, I know that they really supported those guys yeah. with uh, money as well as expertise. Um, so, you know, we're not, it's not the only one out there. And I know that they do a few more personal projects as well, but it definitely hopes to be a, a significant part. And as I said, the biggest things we're looking for is, will it benefit the UK film photography community? Is it different to what already exists? We're not interested in helping someone, you know, just do the same as someone else. That, that doesn't benefit overall. Um, but any ideas, throw them my way. And, and, you know, if they're bad ideas, again, I'll have a chat with you. Yeah. <laughs> You'll always get feedback, uh, 
and 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 I can be very friendly when I'm when I'm focusing. I think that's probably going to do us for this evening. It's gone on slightly longer than we thought it would, but that's always the case when we start. I've got, I've got to get back to my drama. And before people ask, this isn't a Netflix drama. This is village cricket drama. And yeah. it happens on WhatsApp. <laughs> it's, uh, Paul's telling me all about it. Oh boy! It's like it's like if the archers got WhatsApp. It, it, it's, not, it's not an episode anyone would want to... Well, no, to it's not, it's not. not. Well, Paul, we will let you get back to that. Thank you for joining us this evening, for joining me this evening. It's all quiet here on my own. Um, but it's a real delight getting to talk to you. I, I'm glad to hear that things are going well, and uh, even though we are, as you said earlier, the kind of the darkest part of this in terms of stuff coming in and going out and deliveries being affected and all of that stuff, it is still working, just, and it can mm-hmm. only get better. It can only with sellotape and blue tack, but it's moving. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great to hear. Well, Paul, we look forward to speaking to you again soon about other fun stuff. I'm sure. Until then, um, thanks. Oh, to deadline, you. deadline, deadline. Oh, good point, deadline. So, deadline for submissions. Yeah, you probably should have mentioned this. I can't believe you didn't. I it. I'm embarrassed. Not surprised, but still embarrassed. Yeah. 31st of Jan. So, end of the month. So, you have just short of two weeks. Um, as I say, if you if you so if you're not 100% sure now, do it earlier rather than later because you can then talk to me. You can edit applications. You can go in and edit your own submissions right up until the deadline. So I, I promise I won't look at them until, you, until the deadline closes and you, and you tell me to. But if you do want advice, uh, I'll just say earlier rather than later so we have the time to work on together. Okay, good. That's good to know. So yes, get on this now. Do not hesitate. Go for it. First idea, best idea. That's what people say, I think. <laughs> That's what I say anyway. <laughs> good idea, but yes. Yeah, it'll be fine. Um, we will be back later in the week with your regularly scheduled podcast. I think we're having a hostful podcast this week. And boy, are we going to be full of hosts this week. It's going to be great. Also, the show later this week will be a video show. It's going to be on YouTube, not live, because we're not nutters. <laughs> we leave that to the likes of Paul. Um, but yes, yeah, so we'll be back later in the week. Check that out. Until then, thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me, Paul. And goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.